Listeners, welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy, and I will be your host for today's episode. The fun thing about today's episode is it's actually from a month ago when we were all together for our staff retreat. We got to spend time in a beautiful mansion out in Linden, Washington, that was generously donated for the weekend by Logos Bible Software. Anyways, I get to sit down with the full team. That's right, Wes, Andy, and Steve, and I get to ask them, what does it mean to be a good student? Or in other words, what does it mean to be good ground so that you can produce good fruit? Before we get into the episode, I just want to say, this past weekend on October 27th to the 29th, we held season three of the Leadership Summit out at Sasquatch Mountain at the Green Giant Resort. We had 25 young Christian professionals, Christian thought leaders, student leaders, and honestly, it was an amazing time. Once again, speakers, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for pouring into our leaders. Honestly, the weekend wouldn't have been the same without you. And honestly, guys, we even got to hold a wedding. More on that later. We can't wait to do the next one. For all we know, you might get to be a part of that one. I have no idea. But thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up November 26th, we have our next ACLE. It stands for Literary Expedition. The Literary Expedition is an initiative by Apologetics Canada to bring people together virtually via Zoom to explore ideas in their historical context. Take in the reading and audiovisual material and join us online for a time of discussion. You can participate by speaking up or simply by observing. This time around, our topic is the gospel according to TikTok. Who is Jesus? And how do we know what we read about in the biblical gospels is an accurate portrayal of that Jesus? This may seem like an odd question, but it's connected to many important issues surrounding the Bible. Is the Christianity practiced today the same as the one believed and practiced by the apostles? Well, join Wes and Steve on Sunday, November 26th for our next round of the AC Literary Expedition. We will look at select TikTok videos, weigh their claims, and use them as a jumping board for a time of discussion and Q&A about the Bible and early Christianity. So mark your calendars, Sunday, November 26th, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That is 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, you can head to apologeticscanada.com slash ACLE, and you can head there to register. All right, let's get into this podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AC Podcast. Uh, we are actually live on location in Linding, Washington for the staff retreat. Gentlemen, welcome to America. <laughs> welcome to America. Yeah, there's a little bit of irony there. Apologize Canada and the U.S. Yes. Yeah, in yeah. true Canadian fashion, we borrow everything from our American friends. Oh, right. that <laughs> took a turn. I, I don't know about you guys. I, we stopped at a McDonald's. I got an iced coffee and the straw was not made of paper and decomposing in my cup. So I just, I felt the freedom almost right away. Right. <laughs> Land of the free. <laughs> to use as many straws as you want. <laughs> We're here for the staff and board retreat. And I'm not sure. We should probably say where we are. It's a very unique place. Go ahead. Uh, we, we are in a beautiful like mansion that I told somebody this, by the way. I was like, yeah, this is, we got this great property that uh, Logos Bible Software gifted us to, to use. Or gifted us. I think I just said gift us. The way you worded that was. Yeah, like, wow, they gave you the property? Like, no, uh, we're, we're just using it. So we're out here. Uh, 
and very, very thankful for the opportunity to use this property. Nobody, nobody gave it to us. Right, right. I mean, I think we'd have a lot of people asking questions. So we appreciate you donors, but no, your money is not going to this random mansion 30 minutes away from Surrey, BC. For those of you who are tuning in, you're just seeing us respond to an edit that I just made that you're obviously not going to get to see. But uh, the title of today's podcast is Good Ground, Good Fruit. And it's all about how it, it, it's, it's talking about how to be a good student. You know, the idea of seeing yourself as soil, right? If you see yourself as a healthy soil, then you're going to produce a healthy fruit. And if you're a poor soil or just non-receptive to sound teaching or things, things of that nature, you're not going to produce a good fruit. And it's something that I personally have been really going through this season, I would say in the last year or so, as God has really been challenging me to posture myself as a student again. Because I think sometimes you can tend to run away with what you know that you end up finding yourself talking about similar topics. I mean, imagine the amount of times a person is preaching and hasn't been spending time with God, hasn't been reading. You start reciprocating old thoughts and there's no freshness or no newness to it. And so I wanted to talk to you guys because we are all in varying levels of education in different capacities. Steve and Wes, you guys are working towards your PhD. Andy, you recently got yours. And for myself, I've spent time in Bible college, and I have no desire to have <laughs> to go for my doctorate at this point. <laughs> so just kicking this off for you guys as students who are beyond elementary, beyond high school and university to a certain degree, how has education been something um, for you along your journey? Grade 27. Grade 27. We started the first semester of grade 27. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Andy, what would, it, what would it have been for you by the time you finished? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure. I, uh, you know, the normal, I, I think I got my BA done in four years, if this is what you're asking. And then, P, and then sorry, my master's degree was around yeah. two years. And then uh, PhD was five years. Jeez. Yeah. It's pretty painful. That's, that's... <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because this is an interesting fact. But when I did my, uh, while I was doing my PhD, uh, during those five years, I published a book. I also published a number of journal articles, uh, chapters and books and various other things. So uh, I, uh, I did a lot yeah, <laughs> during yeah. those five years. Right. Yeah. I, in fact, I remember as I am, for whom this is news, like I'm just starting my PhD studies this fall. And as I'm preparing to get into the program, I remember asking Andy, how'd you do it? Like, how did you get through five years of PhD studies and then do all these other, how did you manage family? How did you? Yeah. And his answer is like, I ask myself that question. How did I do it? I don't know either. But I mean, he, he had certain rhythms that he kind of shared with me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you did a lot of stuff all at once. So did you guys take to these post-secondary type studies and things like that, like really quickly? Or was it, was it something that, okay, I'm going to need to make some serious life schedule discipline choices to be able to go into something like going after your master's and doctorate? I think a certain amount of sacrifice had to be made to be able to get through all the study material and then you know, when I did my master's, like I was working full time with Andy on top of that. Thankfully, mm -hmm. the program was kind of designed so that you can do that. But then you're working full time and you're still studying. And so thankfully, like I got 
Like I, I started when my daughter was born and then I finished when my son was born kind of Jeez. thing. Right. So, um, I, I was still able to spend a lot of time with them during the really like critical early years kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to change, you have to create a certain rhythm to be able to manage it. You, you can't just kind of, once you get to that level, I think you would agree that you can't just hail Mary kind of thing, right? You just kind of go into it and hope that you're going to make it. You have to have certain discipline and structure. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's this false idea that people who do PhDs and doctorates in, in various things are, they're the like geniuses. And almost immediately, I when I was entering into my first few years of my doctorate, especially when I was doing, so you guys, Andy did, and, and uh, Steve are starting a European system of a PhD. Whereas in the North American system, you have mandatory classes you have to do, you have coursework, and then you have exams. Mm. Whereas you guys just start writing, right? So I was in like a cohort with a group and we actually had mandatory pedagogy and methodology classes that we had to take. And one of the things I realized very quickly was, these people are not geniuses. They're just people who are hardworking and interested in what they're yeah. researching. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. I mean, I think I have genuinely met a few geniuses. Uh, me not being <laughs> one of them whatsoever. <laughs> but no, but I remember because I, I come with a degree from Tyndale and I was going in and there were very few New Testament students coming into the, my PhD cohort. Um, I was the only domestic student, so I was the only Canadian student in my cohort of that year. And one of the other guys, he was from Thailand, but he had an undergrad from Princeton and a uh, he had a master's degree. I think it was either from Harvard or Yale. Like, Ivy League school. Yeah. And me thinking, I cannot compare to these guys. And then there was one course and this guy called me and was like, I'm lost. I need your help. And that really stood out to me as, you know, we're all in the same boat. Like, we're just trying mm. to figure this stuff out. Okay. The the gradation of, you know, where we are. I, the vast majority of people who are at that degree of education, I think it's just hard work and interest. Yeah. I, I want to put a, an exclamation point on that. Wes says that he's made that he's maybe met some geniuses. I, I have not. I have I have yet to meet a um, a genius. What I have met is some really uh, hardworking people, mm, and, yeah. and I have friends as well. Like I have uh, friends that have gone to Ivy League schools in Oxford and various other, you know, great great schools. And I've had them also reach out to me, going, "Hey, I need your help." Can you help me? You know, I'm trying to figure out Nekamakian ethics or, you know, whatever it might be. And I'd be like, oh, hey, man, here's here's a resource. Here's here's a video I watched or something that, you know, was helpful to me. Mm -hmm. But one of the keys that I just saw over and over again is curiosity, hard work ethic, uh, you know, tenacity over and over again. Yeah. And the willingness to be malleable, the willingness to learn. Also, I would say on top of that would be a willingness to fail. And that's one of the scariest parts, I think, about higher education yeah. Yeah. is yeah. you got to be willing to fail. Uh, and that, that was actually probably the, the, one of the scarier moments for me, education-wise, when, when I was doing my master's degree and I took my first philosophy class. I know that might be kind of shocking. I hadn't encountered philosophy till my, till my master's. Yeah. Work, you know? And I wish I had encountered it earlier, I, just, I didn't. And it was the first time I was reading uh, Kant. And it was the first time that I ever had a, what I would call a mental bench press failure, <laughs> you know, because you know, have you ever, you know, worked out 
Have you ever worked out, Wes? I've never, I never worked out. I just, uh, I look like this. Is it all natural? Sounds gorgeous. uh, Gifted. Uh, You know, if you've ever worked out, there's, there's something called failure, right? Till you work out till failure and you're pushing as hard as you can. And I remember like when you're bench pressing, you're pushing as hard as you can and the bar is coming down and it's a, it's a terrifying feeling. (laughs) And I had that mentally, you know, I'm trying to read Kant and the bar is not going up and Mm. coming, it's coming down. Yeah. And that, it was actually an interesting moment for me going, I, I uh, have a lot to learn. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up like physical exercise because there's a lot of parallel between higher education, well, education in general, right? And we also talk about how, well, in my family, we're homeschooling our kids, but we're also doing the classical education. And the early part of classical education is most of it is just rote memorization. And part of that is because that's how kids learn at first. But also what I'm noticing is as the years go by, their memory is strengthened incredibly. And, and I realize that about myself because a lot of people tell me, well, Steve, like, how can you memorize all that stuff? Like, how do you remember all of that? I'm just like, it's not that I'm particularly smart, although a lot of people call me smart. I'm just like, I, it's just that I've done this more. Mm. Right. So that part of my brain is probably a little stronger simply because I've done, which means if you find yourself, man, like I just can't seem to memorize basic facts, just keep doing it and you're going to get better at it. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of analogies in scripture to physical um, prowess, right? Like Mm -hmm. when when Paul in first Corinthians nine says that he doesn't, he doesn't box like a man beating the air. Like he's using that analogy of someone, a boxer. And going through that physical strenuous activity, but there being a purpose to it and it not being just uh, aimless in that. See, that's what, for me in college, I had a really tough time finding purpose in some of the things that I was learning. And that might have been my my teacher influences. It might have just been the way I approached education. It probably was all the things, but I had a really hard time initially trying to find a field of study. Because, quite honestly, I didn't go to school initially for the sake of education. I went there because I wanted to play soccer. I went to get my post-secondary at a school that I knew had a good team. But I found myself in the midst of that really wrestling with what's the point. That was my question for a lot of things. And then when it came to biblical courses, I was finding that some of what I was learning wasn't translating to life outside the classroom. And so I'd be interested to know if you guys ever have ran into that in your studies where the Bible in one way or another kind of became a textbook and didn't always translate outside of the the classroom for you. You know, intriguingly enough, uh, that has not been the case for me, but I never allowed it to be the case Mm. where I'm kind of unique in that regard. Uh, When I study things, I'm always, I, I will study what I don't know. Uh, my wife was really like surprised by this because there's a lot of people that will study things that they do know because mm-hmm. they want to get a grade. It's about, it's about how do I get an A? Yeah. Well, I get an A by studying what I know, not what I don't know. Whereas for me, it was always like, I didn't really care about the grade so much as I cared about uh, my curiosity. And I, wanna, I wanted to fill in the cracks of my knowledge so that I understood better. And particularly when I was coming to the Bible, uh, it Again, it wasn't about getting a grade or anything like that. It was about my curiosity about Scripture and getting to know uh, God 
better in that regard. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, Troy is a little bit different in that regard because I think it was more of a heart issue that hit me when I realized that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely resonate with that because I should just say this too, no, though. Because some people, when they hear me say that, they're like, they may already feel like they suck, and some people need to come to scripture and go, "Man, I don't suck. Yeah, like God loves me. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. amazing that God loves me, right? I I needed I needed a bit of humility when I yeah. came to scripture. Yeah. I needed to go, oh, I'm not Jesus. Jesus, we teach me to be like you. One thing you're really highlighting there is is the start of being good ground or a good student is humility, and I can definitely say that at, in, in school, I, I definitely didn't approach it f- with humility. You know, it was more or less, okay, give me something that's going to change my life. And if, if I don't think it's going to change my life, then I'm going to kind of toss it away. And I actually have no idea where that, where that came from. I just know that the turning point for me really was my walk with the Lord more than it was like a, the, a, a grade or not getting a good grade because I wasn't applying myself. It really was this moment where the Lord was like, hey, how on earth are you supposed to actually glean from scripture if you already think that you know how to live this life? No wonder your prayer life seems so shallow because you don't actually see me as provider. You see as someone who, when, when things get really bad, then you want me, but it's not when things are, what about when things are good? And um, I guess that kind of that, that brings a person to being more receptive to to learning but i just wonder sometimes if uh, there's something you guys have all been kind of touching on is how did you navigate the curiosity like how did you not let it take you to places that i don't know especially as a christian could take you down the wrong path so to speak i think i went into seminary with a pretty strong foundation in that I was very interested in Christian apologetics going into that. I didn't know that I didn't know if I could make a career out of it. I didn't really know what my direction was, but I knew that I needed to get some sort of formal education but, under but my belt. How were you introduced to apologetics? Um, uh, I was introduced into apologetics years before I knew what I was doing was apologetics. Yeah, cause same. Because <laughs> I was doing I was doing like conversational evangelism. Uh, when I went into my undergrad and I don't know if I've shared this story before, but like I went to university with full intention of the going into the police force. I have, I think I've shared that yeah, because, yeah. uh, Steve and I have bonded over thinking we were going to be the, both these guys wanted to go to policing. Um, and I, I realized very quickly that, uh, that wasn't necessarily the direction that I felt called to, but I was doing things like I was chasing the Mormon missionaries down that were walking around my neighborhood and I was Placing the Mormons on your block. Yeah. And I was like going to the local mosque and I was talking with the Imam and it was, See, you and I are very similar in that regard. Yeah. Cause I got interested in that as well. Yeah. I got blacklisted by the JWs cause I was reading their literature and using too much of their language and they'd, they thought I was a lapsed. JW and they wouldn't talk to me anymore. And, um, but it was, I was sitting in my then girlfriend, now wife, her place, uh, just outside of York university. I was sitting in her living room, reading a systematic theology textbook. And she came into the room and she was like, Wes, you don't want to be a cop. And that was really the catalyst that kind of spurred me on into pursuing theological education formally. But I, I don't know if I could have really told you what apologetics was, but that's what I was doing. And I think we should just say here, because some people might be like, oh, I'm interested in apologetics. I should quit my policing career and go into apologetics. Right. That, that's not what you're saying. No. 
with regards to this idea of curiosity, I think you can be a police officer and keep engaging your curiosity in theology or apologetics or whatever it, it might be. Sometimes, though, it's going to lead to a career change. Mm. But I don't think it always does. Because the truth is, I haven't satisfied my curiosity. People who know me, uh, I, I'm constantly reading, watching, delving into various uh, ideas that, that interest me. And yeah. you know, it really comes out over the years that I've known Andy. Um, this might not come out in a podcast or the talk that he does or something like that, but Expose when you actually, him. <laughs> when, when you spend one-on-one time with him and, and I really got a good dose of this when, for example, when he and I went to Halifax and to Moncton, like to, on the East coast there, we spent a lot of time in the car. He asks a lot of questions. Mm. Like he asks a lot of questions cause he's just naturally curious and we're constantly talking. And so, yeah, I, I think that's probably like we said earlier that's probably one of the key things is if you want to be a good student you got to have curiosity and yeah. and more than that i think you have to be willing to go where the curiosity leads you mm-hmm. um, that, that, that's an interesting point steve because i think a lot of people won't because there's a lot of fear yeah absolutely right because they're like man i got this question but i love jesus so much I don't know if I want to actually explore that curiosity or that question yeah. because I'm afraid that it might ruin my faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, whether it's your particular, if you had, like growing up, I always had questions about the book of Revelation, for example. Same. Right. Um, because actually, ironically well, enough, going to have naked? <laughs> man, listen, well, where's my... this dragon coming from? That's what I want to know. Um, when, when I was like, when I was growing up, I grew up in the Roman Catholic church. I remember very specifically because I was one of the things that my stepmother did with me that I'm really thankful for today, although I resented her for it at the time, is she would sit down every day with me and read the Bible or have me read the Bible, right? And so we did this sort of um, read the Bible in one year plan kind of a thing, except with the Apocrypha, because <laughs> it's the Catholic Church. But anyway, uh, when it came to the book of Revelation, though, she wouldn't let me read it. She said, you should read it when you're a little older. And so, of course, I'm naturally getting curious. You read the Song of Psalms, but you can read Revelation. (laughs) I know, right? In in retrospect, I'm like, dang, you let me read that, but not the book of Revelation. But but I've always been curious. And I think that fear is legitimate. Like, I think that people struggling with that thing and not wanting to go down certain paths. And... I, I think because I used to always encourage people, you know, read the skeptics, read Dawkins, read. And and I think that I still on the whole would say that because I think we should know what other people are saying in order to be able to field it. Yeah. But I have run into people where they almost need some background before they can. They need a foundation before they can go into that stuff because they don't have enough kind of perspective to be able to see where the landmines are yeah. and disarm them. And this is what I was saying before when I went into seminary and I had that foundation. I was also in seminary with people who didn't. And we would joke that they were graduating with a master's degree in confusion because <laughs> because they came in, some as pastors uh, mm-hmm. looking to get ordained and so they needed uh, an MDiv. And they left almost deconstructing their faith yeah, because they were running into issues which should not have been problems, but were because they just didn't understand. They didn't know what they didn't know. And it caused issues for them. It's really good for you to highlight that, Wes, because when you think about the the students that are in school right now and who don't have a 
solid foundation, you're also really susceptible to, um, you know, confusion, like you said. And I think that's what has led so many other people who, you know, I know many in my age group anyway, that they did university, they did Bible college, they just kind of pursued whatever they were pursuing. And then they come out and they're like, okay, I have this degree in XYZ and I have no idea what to do with it. Like, how did you guys know that you wanted to be in ministry? I mean, if you could know that you you were going to start an apologetics organization or that you were going to start studying old books. Manuscripts. Manuscripts. How did you know you were going to want to study, you know, manuscripts, right? And and I think about me coming out of Bible college and initially at one point thinking, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. And then I preached my first sermon in Vancouver. One went well, the second one bombed and I left there. I'm like, I guess I'm not going to be a pastor because this was awful, right? What would you say to the students that are kind of in that scenario? Oh man, I got a couple things, but I got to have to, I have to ask you first, what was the sermon that oh, bombed? Man. Uh, Do you remember? Like, I, what was the passage? Or I, I, I believe and is it online. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Is there any God. online record of your failure that we can just? <laughs> I believe, you know what? Let's let's schedule a clip. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I was preaching about going through the valley of death. But I remember in Bible college, I was just so fired up on seeing God as this like warrior. You know, mm. I was listening to what I thought was hard. Like I was listening to red and thousand foot crutch and, um, uh, demon, demon hunter, like these hard yes, Christian metal. Demon hunter. Yeah. So God was like this, like warrior. <laughs> like, and I remember preaching the first message. It was downtown Vancouver at a drop-in center for, for homeless and, um, the needy. And the first group was males. And so the males, all resonated with it perfectly. They were like, yeah, that's my God. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> the next group was the females didn't hit the same. Cause when I talking about this father, God being an aggressive person who could take care of, it did not resonate with some of these women who had been domestic abuse have been getting hurt, who have, who have poor relationship with their father. So I remember thinking, okay, I'm not, supposed to be a pastor. But now what do I do with all these things that I've studied? Like, how did it kind of come about for you guys? Did you know from start to finish that, man, I, I want to be this, so I'm going to pursue this? Or did it kind of shift and change towards the end? Let me let me just jump in here, because I think this is, a, this is a really important idea that might not seem like a relevant conversation, but but it really is. Because the, the truth is, and, and this is one of the things that God taught me, is that God knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. And that if that if that if you believe that, it means then that you really should be attentive to the Lord's leading in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And what I have found with my own journey is that I didn't I didn't actually know what I really liked until I w- went exploring my curiosity, right? Yeah. And as I as I began to explore the world if you will with God. Mm-hmm. So there were limitations on this. Yeah. Because listen, you know, it's a, you know, it's a group of guys right here. Men have all sorts of curious thoughts. I think that's what gets a lot of guys into pornography quite frankly mm-hmm. is curiosity. Yeah. And they, and then they find themselves into all sorts of things. And so the the Lord's an important, you know, guide in that going, "Hey, I want to lead what's going to what's going to take you to someplace good." So so trust me, don't go down that path. Don't go down that path, but follow, but follow your curiosity. Yeah. 
And as I would follow my curiosity, God began to teach me things about myself and what I didn't even realize that I had an interest in. Mm. So like philosophy, I had no idea that I had an interest yeah. in it until I started exploring questions I had. No, that's cool. And, and in my case, like I took a long time before I came down on, right, okay, this is what I want to do. Because I, I had a particular instance where I sensed God's calling. But man, when I first, see, when I graduated from high school, much to my Asian family chagrin, I said I wanted to be a professional musician, right? So I go to school <laughs> to study jazz, did that for like a year and a half, and then health reasons, right? I quit. And then for the next number of years, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go back to Korea and teach English. That didn't work out. And then go off to Bible school in worship arts program, thinking that I'll be, maybe I'll be a, like a music pastor, worship pastor kind of thing, right? Um, at the end of second year, I switched to biblical studies because I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'll be a Bible translator because I, I was working as a translator at that time. I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. It seems to fit. But then I meet a girl, get married. Um, we, I took a year off because we got, we got married pretty, pretty quickly. So the words of wisdom from around us was just take a year. And that was really important for me because that's when I sensed the call saying, God saying, okay, Steve, I, I've given you the mind for this. So don't be afraid. Just go follow that. Mm -hmm. Now, this, this is the time when I was actually trying out for Vancouver police. Um, and I, for me, it was never either or because I, I wanted I'd to do both. I'd love to get pulled over by Steve Kim. I'm telling you. <laughs> do you know how fast you were going, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Your voice is so much softer than that. You would, you'd be like, hey, um, nice car, by the way. I really like your steering wheel. Um, do you know how fast you were going? I can tell you, but I just wanted to make sure that you are I aware. I don't know that Steve could give you a ticket. I really don't. Sorry, man. I don't know. I think he's a sleeper. I think he'd like, he'd, he'd pop your tire on the way over the door. And <laughs> I'd be the super passive aggressive one. Yeah. Right, right. He'd, he'd break your taillight and then be like, yeah. do you know your taillight was on? But one thing, <laughs> but in all of that, one thing that I really want to highlight is sometimes when you have a couple of doors in front of you, it may not necessarily be either or, right? Mm. It may, and it may not be that if you go through, there's like right door, wrong door necessarily. It might be that God has given you several options and he's like, he's just waiting for you to choose. Is if I have several doors in front of me, I'm going to sit outside the door and look at the door and stare at the door till cows come home, till <laughs> kingdom come, right? But what I've realized is rather than do that, go in through, just pick a door. Just go in through Just the one, one door because you have the freedom to do that. Go in through the one door and you're going to find out, okay, this is, this is a good one. Or you might not. You come out, go through another door. Yeah. Right. And one of the doors that I went into was Wasn't when- there a book called like, Just Do Something? Yeah, just do it. Sounds like there probably is. Yeah, it sounds like a book. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. But one of those doors that I walked through actually was- and walks through and realized, okay, this is the door that I'm going to, like, this is the room that I'm really going to sit in, was when I met Andy, actually, when he was doing the thinking series that one time in Abbotsford, and hardly anybody showed up, and it actually worked to my advantage, because he actually sat down with me and we had a good conversation, and that's mm. when this whole relationship really kicked off. That's cool. So just wait, do you guys work together? Or? <laughs> <laughs> what For you're talking about though is risk, right? That's that's yeah. that's an opportunity that there's a high 
degree of risk for. And mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of commonality in this is with students. And I also think all of our journeys are very, very different. Yeah. And there's really no cookie cutter pattern. Yeah. And that's why I think if anybody's asking for advice, I think it's it's important to take wise counsel into consideration, but also yeah. realize that everybody's journey is very, very different. Yeah. And their background is different. No two people are alike. And so you kind of have to figure out what your priorities are, what you're interested in, and seek wise counsel. But at the exact same time, make sure that you're also consulting God mm-hmm. and um, taking risks, but not not risks that are too risky, and just, you know, figuring out what works for you. Yeah. On that note, there's there's something that I learned. I've shared this at Leadership Summit. I'll share it on the podcast. I think it's a, it's a good just kind of life lesson if you want to be good ground, if you want to be a good student. Uh, I I remember thinking to myself when I first started in the ministry, I pastored for a long, quite a while, and I saw so many people burn out. And mm. I thought, well, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to burn out. And what I didn't, I didn't realize how burnout works. And, and that is burnout can work in one of two ways. And that is if, if you're doing what you love to do and you're really just chasing after your curiosity and whatnot, you're not going to burn out. Yeah. Like we, we will never burn out doing apologetics. We, we really just won't. Are you sure yeah. about that? <laughs> <laughs> Cause we love doing it. Like putting yeah. on, doing this podcast, things like this was not like, we're like, Oh man, got to talk about this again. No, we love it. We love yeah. doing it. We'll burn other people out though. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Burn your yeah. wife out maybe, or you burn a friendship or, Family, children, yeah, children. Yeah, Yeah. you'll burn other people out because you love it. So you got to be careful when you're doing something you love that you don't burn out other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, it could be that you are burning out, and then you have to really ask yourself. uh, You got to be careful because if you're doing things, there are certain things that you do that will burn you out because it's not it's not feeding that curiosity, it's not feeding that that interest, and and that's one of those that kind of give and take and 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 balancing. But that doesn't mean you don't do anything you don't love. I mean, my (laughs) taxes wouldn't get done, and my you know, there's I got a long list of things that wouldn't get. It doesn't spark joy, so I'm not going to do it. (laughs) There's the complexity of something like ministry, though, because you know the the whole saying, you know, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't think that's true. I think you'll you will work every day of your life because. Because you will want to work every day of your yeah. life. And that's where you do need to be careful. Because when you don't work a nine to five, you it's so easy to never stop working. Yeah. Because if your work is fulfilling, if it's if it gives you energy and you're interested in it, then you're you run the danger and the risk of work just being not a nine to five, but a you know, twenty-four seven. Yeah, te- yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Wes was texting us at seven thirty in the morning. Well, that's because uh, the I was on day. Ontario time <laughs> yeah. in my brain and I flew to BC. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey guys, I've been up since four, so I'm listen, I'm I'm ready to go. I was like, morning Wes. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't say hi, I just jump right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's, that's really good guys. I think it's, I I think the exciting thing too, for, for people maybe listening to this podcast or watching it is knowing that whatever stage in your story you're at, it's not over yet. Right. I, I have no idea what education could be like for me in the next year or so. I know that I have been enjoying the learning process through gleaning you know i've really been in a season of of gleaning you know i've mentioned it many times on the podcast getting to hear from you guys and and as you guys talk about your different 
the the different things that you guys are working on and doing and but isn't that the journey though of walking with God is absolutely. life's got twists and turns and He's going to be teaching you all sorts of things yeah right yeah some are going to be really hard lessons some are going to be amazing lessons mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean yeah and and I I'm seeing that the most with my kids and I'm being able to pull from that because you know. Uh, Araya, my daughter is now in school, but we're starting homeschooling with her. And See, I, I, by the way, I think you and I are in an interesting stage with regards to this because your daughter's just starting, mm-hmm. and my boys are getting close to finishing. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm in a new journey trying to reconcile. It's with, called being old. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited you on this podcast? <laughs> Listen, you were talking about your head being looking like a raisin in Alberta. I was trying to think of uh, why your why I thought your head looked like a raisin in here. Wes, <laughs> you really are a blessing. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I think on a more serious note, what you were talking about, um, Troy, in the fact that like I get people who ask me a lot, you know, what, how do I figure out what God w- wants me to do with my mm-hmm. life? Like, mm-hmm. what is God's plan for my life? And the God can't do anything with you if you're too worried. Oh, well, of course God can do something with you. I hedge my statement. But the, the ship that's chained to the dock, worrying about where it's going to go, if you just head out into the ocean, uh, God will blow the winds of your sails in the right direction, even if you go in the complete opposite direction. Well, I mean, this is a whole, this is a bit of another topic, but I personally would say with regards to that, I totally agree with you. Unchain the ship, head out into the open waters. But I would say if you're, if you love the Lord, go chase after what you love. Right. Right. If, if you're walking with the Lord, follow your passions, follow that, your curiosity. That might be yeah. where you are right now that you're feeling like is not enough. Because if you're feeling like the grass is greener on the other side, then that could be a problem. You could need to traverse that hill and find the grass on the other side. Or you could be neglecting the fact that the grass is green where you water it, not necessarily somewhere else. Yeah. And so maybe God has you where you are for a specific reason and you can trust him and flourish as a a student in that phase of life, right in that place, not always worrying about, well, where can I find the next opportunity? You may need to find the next opportunity and you may need to pursue that. But you also may be in a season where you just need to trust God, focus on the spirit's leading where he has put you in and of this moment. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Recognize where you're at in the journey and try and do your best to identifying that can be difficult. Is that what you're saying though, back to your daughter that you're kind of recognizing where you're at in this current moment of your journey and what God's teaching you in it? Well, yeah. What I'm, what I'm seeing with her is she is having to actively engage with things that I'm teaching her whether she likes it or not, because there's an ultimate goal. And I think this is what the Lord does with us sometimes. You need to learn this lesson. It may not have value to you right now, but the person you're receiving this from should be of value to you. Maybe it's a bit different direction. I'm not sure, but it just reminds me. I think sometimes people fall off to the Lord and they're like your daughter in grade two. I think she's in grade two, right? No, kindergarten. Oh, sorry. Kindergarten. Uh, Okay. They're like your daughter uh, in in kindergarten, right? They're just starting out in their journey with God, mm-hmm. and they want to know what their degree is going to be. Right. You know, they want to know the destination. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, life doesn't work like that. Yeah. 
Right. I've asked my daughter, like, for the past three weeks, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? This week, it's a scientist. This week, it's a scientist. (laughs) Last week, it was an engineer. I mean, she's kind of in the ballpark, but. Oh, man, when my kid was in kindergarten, I asked him what they wanted to do. It was like, they want to be a fire truck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people's kids are a little bit. (laughs) A little bit more on the ball than others, Andy. Maybe we shouldn't be. uh, Andy's Andy's fire truck kid. Clearly, clearly the apple doesn't fall apart from the tree. (laughs) Clearly, I gave you too much fodder. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, so that was a that was a hard conversation with my son when he realized can't be a fire truck. When Sorry, I'm buddy, it's not going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there is value in planning things out, but the wisdom is in holding it loosely because I, yeah, I really exactly. don't believe in five year plans anymore. Because who would have thought like five years ago, nope. like we'd be where we're at today, yeah, right? I'm just like, totally. and, and I find that too, like when. Um, for example, my wife just started like, um, like classical education community, the curriculum that we use, it's done in a community. One thing I love about the curriculum is the community part of it. She started a community in our area, so we don't have to go very far, but as men, as we're starting, we're wondering, man, like, how is this going to work? Is this going to take off? How many, you know, how many families are going to join us or is anybody going to join us at all? And at some point we were like, you know what, what's the use of mm. thinking all of that? Cause it's not going to help us one bit. And Jesus says so, right? Like, who, who of you by worrying can extend your life, you know, one minute None kind of, of a thing. Um, <laughs> because, and, and we've, we've noticed that along the way, opportunities came up, doors opened, which I totally believe was by divine providence mm. that we could not have foreseen. Yeah. And we're at a place today, like we just had our first week of gathering last week and it went great. Um, We could not have foreseen that from where we were back then because of these things that were going to happen that Mm -hmm. we couldn't have seen at the time. So yes, there, there, you should probably plan things out, but not to the point where, you know, like it's, it's either my plan or not, or nothing at all. Like, yeah. I think, no, you just hold, hold it loosely. No, that's good. Well, thank you guys for, for sharing your experiences, you know, in, in learning. I'm still laughing about the fire truck thing. I can't, I'm trying to <laughs> dial it in. <laughs> I don't know why well, you guys were laughing. I was, I was thank being you, serious. Thank you, everybody except for Wes, for <laughs> yeah. contributing some wisdom to this conversation. You hired me. I don't know what you're... <laughs> You knew what you were in for. Gonna change your flight real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'd right. be in, in at, you know, in uh, Egypt with this guy for for a little too long. And, Yo, uh, it's gonna be in his eulogy. It's gonna be one of the highlights of his life. <laughs> Forty-five degree heat with Wes Huff on the tombstone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But thank you, thank you everyone so much for listening to the AC Podcast. We hope that you were able to learn something from this. Um, but that, as you heard, it's about you being a good student, not uh, not us being good teachers. <laughs> so, um, but make sure you like and subscribe to the AC Podcast on YouTube, on your favorite social media platforms, and tune in next week as we find more things to think about. Until then, you know the drill. Love God, love people. Go get a hat next time we see you in public. Bye for now. <laughs> It's the AC Podcast.